Yeah, if someone doesn't engage you in the way that you believe they should, then <laughs> yeah. he was like, he's arrogant. He's act like he's above everybody. Yeah. Like, no, I just don't want to argue with you about stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just really don't have time. To argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What's good? What's goody? How y'all doing? What's up? <laughs> this is the boys. The boys, the guys. The guys. Them dudes. We're them, back. Them guys. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back with another one for back, them ankles. Back with a vent back with a vengeance. Vengeance. Sound of real country. Tape up your ankles, man. Let's take them ankles podcast. Let's get it. And we out here we Ta- tape up them ankles like a young Steph Curry. We like the bars? No. You like the bars though? The bars? Hashtag bars. Get your bars up. Ah, you heard that? Get your bars up, Curry. Coming for you. So it's been it's been quite an interesting week. You Mm. know what I mean? Uh sports news, you know, is hasn't been too plentiful like how it was earlier this month. But you know, lately we're getting little nuggets and we get a little information on Team USA. We're getting a little bit of this with the melodrama. You know what's crazy? What's up? That ASAP Rocky joint is crazy. What ASAP? Yeah, that whole thing is yeah, crazy. Yeah, that whole thing is crazy. How how he got back to like... <laughs> and like he's not in the clear either. He's just like... No, nah, he's just here. Yeah, he's just here. And I don't know why they're celebrating. I, I hope that gets all worked out. Um, Something funny, though, that, that, that came out of that. This is really funny. So so uh, the uh, Swedish government had to do a, a PR move or whatever saying that, you know, like openly inviting black people to the country saying, it's fine. You guys can come here. I just thought that was very like. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Thank thank you guys. I guess. I don't know. For your <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. you know, I, just, I think. I went to see Sweden. I, I don't have to worry about nothing happening to me because I'm black. I appreciate that, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. That's pretty weird, man. That is very weird. The whole situation, yeah. and then oh, speaking of bars, uh. your 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 um your man's the the orange guy, um, he had some bars on Twitter. Mm. Did, did you see his bars on Twitter? Uncle Donnie, uh. yeah, did you see his bars? From DC, <laughs> uh. my man, my man said it's been a rocky week. It's been a rocky week. Oh, I'm about to pull them up right now. Pull up now. those bars, man. Uncle Donnie. Uh. Pull up those bars. Na, 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 na. Uncle Donnie, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like your drunk uncle that like you don't want to, like, you don't want to around the family, but then he'd be crashing the barbecue anyway. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna take this guy out of here. Like, oh, man. Uncle Donnie's here, man. Oh, gosh, man. Send them back. No, all right. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it took a turn. Yeah, it took a turn. Yeah, it took a turn. Nah, right. <laughs> I mean. You want to read this? 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 I'm trying to find. He's got. Bars, yo, he tweets. A, he tweets a lot, yo. He tweeted a lot since then. My friend. Uh, my man said, what for the record. Uh. He said, uh-uh, check it out. Check it out. ASAP Rocky released from prison and on his way home to the United States from Sweden. Ooh, a little, little flow there, a little flow Let's there. Let's get it. Like, you can swag it. It was a rocky week. Get home ASAP. ASAP. Ooh, what's up, buddy? Bars. Dude, he can't run a country, but he can rap. I mean, like, uh. Yo, <laughs> listen. Yo. If we can go off his, like, if it was just his tweets, like, this man is, like, yeah. 
king Twitter finger, man. No, seriously, like he tweets a lot. Like I, I didn't realize I have to scroll that that much in order to get to that. Yo, he's king <laughs> Twitter fingers, man. Twitter fingers. Uh. But anyway, uh, you know that's a little interesting nugget of what's going on in the real world. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> this guy is crazy, crazy, crazy thing. <sighs> so, yeah, let's let's talk about this uh, mellow thing that was going on. I, I was. If you guys don't know, Excuse me. Carmelo Anthony had an interview, a heart-to-heart, a face-to-face with none other than Stephen A. Smith of ESPN. He stated he didn't understand why his trainer was saying he was looking for a farewell tour. Said that was not his sentiment. He also stated that he's completely puzzled as to why of all players... He does not have an NBA job. I'd like to open up the floor to none other than Saints Barrow. Thank you, guys. Uh, please, how do you feel about this moments? This is a – no, for, uh, in, in all seriousness, this is a uh, shameful moment for an NBA. It is. Um, Not to get too political, but, um, you know, because, like, we already mentioned Uncle Donnie, so, you know, we ain't got to mention nobody else, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think that's the, the this is the only Donald Trump reference you're gonna get for a long, long time. Long, long time. <laughs> but yeah, after- no, but uh, um, yeah, like to not get too political though. But um, I, I really feel like this isn't about basketball. Um, if you notice in all of our leagues, particularly in football, not to like go a little off though, but like it's almost as if uh, um these contracts that that these athletes sign, um, they they carry more than what you're supposed to do in your respective sport on the field. It's almost like they're like these life binding contracts. And if you do anything that's, excuse me, anti or, you know, even against the views of your ownership, it it seems like your career or your image or your ability to get hired would be assessed and, you know, besmirched actually. Um, Carmelo Anthony from a basketball standpoint, again, like I don't really, understand why people are assessing his personal life when assessing his ability as a basketball player. And when they assess his personal life, it's a lot of, oh, he's this dad with his wife and stuff that has nothing to do with his ability on the basketball court. Nothing to do with basketball. And And even his wife will go as far to say is she doesn't understand why he's not on the court. Whatever their personal affairs are, it has never affected the end product of Carmelo Anthony and what kind of player he is. And, like, I, I, I agree with that. And I, it's frustrating having to, like, go around and remind people who this man is, remind people what he's done for this game, remind people that there was a point in time where he was the only prospect that was rivaling LeBron James. Right. There was a point in his life where LeBron couldn't beat him. Yep. Um, this guy all true. is all true. Like, he's – uh. Unfortunately, he's the only one from the, the the only big name from that draft class that didn't win the ring. Um, shout outs to Darko Milicic. Shout outs to Darko Milicic. <sighs> anyway, he got a ring, baby. Nah, man, that's not even. <laughs> and like, again, funny you bring Milicic up because I feel like that's also a part of the Mellow Saga. You know, yeah. How different would his story be had he been drafted number two overall? And went to the Detroit Pistons right. that in 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 three. How how different would that story would have been? Absolutely. You know, playing playing behind Tayshawn Prince, 
having Chauncey early early in his career. Early in his career, having Ben Wallace, having Rasheed Wallace, having Rip Hamilton, Rip Hamilton, show him the ropes. Like you know, just imagine how his career would have been. You know, having a, a Larry Brown as your coach right there. You know, and I just want to add a little tidbit: NBA teams. I know you guys are not making this mistake, and that was a mistake that was made in the past. But if you have a chance to draft talent, draft talent. Doesn't matter if you're locked jam at a at a position. You can figure that all out once the ball goes up in the air and they say, let's start the season. Or you can figure that out with a trade. That's why you have general managers for every franchise. So wow. don't don't like think that. I'm gonna feel need over superstar talent, because once in a generation talent is so hard to come by. And by all means, don't make that mistake. Cause we like he said. We could be talking about Carmelo Anthony in a different light. He could possibly have, have gave Detroit multiple championships. Detroit would have been a dynasty without question having Carmelo Anthony on that on on, on that squad. I feel like he when he had structure, Jim Bohan, Syracuse. You saw what he did as a the, the a freshman. He was one of the greatest freshmen in NCAA history. Without question, you can't argue that one. And to even add to your point, he's won at every level except for this level and at the NBA level. He's won at the Olympic level. He's won at the collegiate level. He's won in the high school level. I mean, NBA is the only championship that's eluded him so far. And I feel like, you know what? The storybook ending for him would be that he gets on the team and not just <coughs> gets on the team as a key contributor for the team's success, possibly coming off the bench as a six-man role, but... I feel Carmelo Anthony has so much in his tank left that he can win a six-man of the year. Loki feel like Melo would be the perfect stress for for the Brooklyn Nets, too. I definitely do. And, you know, that's us being uh, Nets fans and, you know what, fantasy, a little fantasy booking. But today, <laughs> He's technically from Brooklyn, so, yeah. The man was born here. I mean, why not? But, but that would be the greatest irony, though, if he went to the Nets and won. So after all this stuff, you <laughs> – to all this stuff, he goes into that and he wins. <laughs> right. That would be like, that would be crazy, be, man. That would be quite the, the knee slapper for that one. That would be kind of funny. But yeah, like I said, man, Carmelo Anthony, man, we wish the best for you. We hope that you get an NBA team and we hope to see you on the floor in this upcoming season. Speaking of this upcoming season. There, wait, wait, wait. But, but before we move on, there was a very important part in that interview that I, I wanted to touch on. He confirmed that instead of Chris Bosh being on the Heatles, it was supposed to be him. Right. So when I look at his career, I just look at a series of like bad judgment calls, not like anything that has particularly to do with his talent or his ability to win. Because he he said in his own admission, he said, "Yo, like I didn't understand where the league was headed at the time, and because of the locker, uh, the lockout that was coming up, he wasn't in the mindset that he wanted to leave any money on the table." And I understand that you work your whole life for this. And that's it. Like, you're going to get paid what you're going to get paid, and that's it. It's non-negotiable. But now, in hindsight, he sees, yo, I really should have, like, you know, focused more on, you know, what they were doing over there. Melo, if he went to the Heat that time, are you kidding me, man? Come on. Come on. We know that that would have been... Come on. That would have been... Come on. That team would have been unstoppable for a long, long time. Because we all know... Melo was twice the player Chris Bosh was. Right. Like, and I just don't see how you're guarding that. 
in Miami. Like, it's just not. With Pat Riley as the coach. Like, how are you, what are you doing with that? Eric, Eric oh, it's wrong. My bad. Eric Spolster was the coach. Yeah, but, you know, using Pat Riley's system. But Spolster is not a bad coach. Spolster is an excellent coach. He's in the Pat Tree, man. He's in the Pat Tree, yep. And at the end of the day, he's a completely attention-to-detail type of coach. That That's one type of coach that Eric Spolster is. Very good coach, and that's why he's still coaching in the NBA today. But, yeah, it's crazy. I Just imagining Carmelo Anthony playing with that. I would hate that team even more, actually. Yeah. I would actually hate that team so they much. They would have won more rings, too. I, I hated that team initially. Like, despised it. Like, yeah. made me sick to my stomach seeing that team. And I would have hated it so much more. Just seeing the the three young, unstoppable players on I mean, the floor. And in 2013, the year that Melo had, if he had that year on the Miami Heat, like, think about it. He would have been... Would he, though? Yeah. Would yeah. he have that year? Yes. Because he's a better scorer than Dwayne Wade. Than, than Dwayne Dwayne Wade. Wade. He's a better scorer than Dwayne Wade and like, LeBron. And LeBron. Like, he... he, yes. he like, and also, um, he would have um, hid Dwayne Wade's, uh, I would say, uh, with descent or, like... Because, like, uh, uh, Dwayne Wade was in the twilight of his prime. Like, yeah, around the time when the heels happened. And he was the first to actually start to tear away. Um Was he the first to start to tear Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is because this 2014 came along and LeBron is still LeBron. And Wade was, you know, like he was looking like he wasn't Wade. He was like an all-star guard, but he wasn't like, you know, 30 a game, shut your best down, guy down, three, two blocks, two steals. But this is my whole outlook on the whole situation. Dwayne Wade... Was I believe he's just every bit as good as as uh, which we call LeBron James was, but I do believe that he took a step back for the betterment of the team because you can't have two guys who do what they do. You know, what I mean, these guys are both professional game closers. These guys are both professional athletes who are at the top and peak of superstardom. I believe Dwayne Wade was the third best player around that time, only rivaling LeBron and Kobe. Around right? that time. No, yes, yes. And, absolutely right. And with all that being said, him with his numbers, numbers didn't tell the whole story with Dwayne Wade. No. Obviously he 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 loves he's a man who needs the ball in his hands. That's gaudy numbers, obviously. And when he has a ball in his hands, his will alone is gonna get the ball in the basket. Yep. So I feel like it was more predicated towards fit. And less predicated towards decline. So that's my whole outlook on that. Melo would have been a, a way better fit than Chris Bosch because Carmelo Anthony basically, in that stretch four row, he would have oh, been like Olympic Melo. It would have been crazy. And plus, he has the ability to bring the ball up the court too. It would have been. You know crazy. I'm saying like it, it would have been. It would. They would have defense. Not even including defense because I don't. I don't think that team would be strong defensively. But they will outscore everybody on the floor. And it would not even be close. Melo's clutch. Like, he, he's one of those guys that's going to kill you in the fourth. It wouldn't be close. And Chris Bosh was no scrub. Let's not even call Chris Bosh. But Chris Bosh is a post player. And they were playing five out before five out became possible. Um, became popular. Yes. So yep. that's what they were doing. And, uh, yeah, that's why their style was the way they were, it was. And I felt like if you're playing with all these players, like five out, 
with a, a guy who could put the ball on the floor and score in any way possible, then you're in for some trouble, man. Especially if you if you guard Carmelo Anthony on single coverage. Yeah, which 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 back then was impossible. So, that yeah. that wasn't even a realistic thing to even think that you were gonna do. Right. But like I just thought all that was interesting because, you know, like his his career I feel like was really mismanaged. Um to, I think to his own detriment. That's his own problem. But yeah, but like you don't think agency and, and and stuff like that comes into play. Like you know, people advising you, hey, look, this is the best. This is a really good look for you, and and like you should really. I mean, at the end of the day, he wanted to secure a bag, but at the end of the day, what do you? It's like what do you want more sometimes, man? And I feel like sacrificing a little bit of ducats for the the to accomplish. The speed that you that you set out, and I feel like championships when you more get you more money in the long run. So yeah, championships do get you more money in the long run. But you, you win a championship and that elevates your brand to a level like the steam you get around the league, like everything you get is just it, I don't know it's elevated because it you know NBA champion Kyle Lowry, your respect NBA champion Rajon Rondo, you know what I'm saying? Like these people, Two-time NBA champion Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, you know what I'm saying? These are like, like it's just it. Even five-time NBA champion Derek Fisher, you know, like right. These things matter, like, and he will be mentioned as a Hall of Famer, but a lot of this, this discredit and all the stuff that's happening with him now. You think this would happen when he if he had a ring? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I think not. So yeah, we we could just leave it at that. That's I feel like that's a, a great point we can leave yeah. you guys with at the end of the day. That no, nah, that's if if Carmelo, a very good point. If Carmelo Anthony was a champion, this would be a completely different completely his whole narrative, his whole story would be different. Yep, I agree with that. Right, I'm so, sorry for Melo. So man. quick question. I I just want to say, wow, we got a bag alert first and foremost. <laughs> Draymond Green just had oh my god cashed out hundred mil shout out Draymond yo yo yo, yo four shout year out extension oh my god shout out Draymond first yeah. off he put money in that backpack jump shot oh my god the backpack you can't see that <laughs> <laughs> he put money in his backpack can't I think see it's that. gonna be a little bit more awkward this year because he got more money in his bag now I think he gonna ball out actually oh, I think absolutely. um listen listen make no mistake. Draymond Green was the Draymond Green you saw this last couple years. That's the Draymond Green saying, I know I'm going to the finals. I don't care. Yeah, you like, know? yeah. My man showed up. Like, yo, half the season he was out of shape. <laughs> like, he didn't, like, he looked not engaged. Like, oh, wake me up when we're in the playoffs. Facts. I think he learned the hard way this year that you can't cheat the game of basketball. And, yeah. um, you know, a three time champion should, should know better. But, Continue. Right. So he secured a bag, and we're about to see a, a Draymond on fire. We're about to see a Draymond engage. We're about to see a Draymond who's flirting with triple doubles almost every night. We're about to see the fire, the tenacity, the competitive spirit that we always um, say that Draymond Green is um, that he has. And uh, I believe that we're about to see this guy go off. And especially with the confidence the Warriors instilled in him by giving him that extension without even letting yeah, him go. Yeah, not even game. blinking. And look, this this make no mistake. The casuals, casual basketball fans do not like Draymond Green's game. And they take one look at his stats and they, they scoff. They go, oh, what is this? 
Right. No, it was a, a, a 10, 7, and 7. Right. But, like, not understanding that Draymond Green is an all-NBA defender from 1 through 5. Right. He has Jason Kidd intangibles, and he's the best facilitator on that team. And he can service as any pick-and-roll big can. I'm going to say he was. Best to, was the best facilitator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Angelo's on the team now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Like, he, he's – yo, he, he did – He look – he 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 was good enough to where they they was winning rings. Absolutely, like I mean, absolutely, there's no question. Like no and, slight on him. Yeah, and his his core vision is no incredible. Slight on him, but there's 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 point guard precision passion and, and there's, there's big precision passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're a good big man passer, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? But if you're a point guard, you're a floor general. You know what I'm saying? There's difference. But yeah. Shout out to, to Draymond Green. Congratulations. Nah, it's a big bag. And, like, big honestly, bag. the Warriors had no choice. Because going forward right now, we, I find we keep talking about this team a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they've been in the finals three years. Yeah, man. Why, yeah, I mean. We're talking about them a lot because right now they're getting the brushed under the rug treatment. They don't, you know they don't even have a Christmas game? Yeah, that's sick. I, yeah, they don't have a Christmas game, which is nuts. It's crazy. They're going to be one of the best teams in the West. The core that they have right now, they added a 23-year-old all-star point guard to bring that all together. And they brought him in to replace Kevin Durant. Draymond Green's life is about to be incredibly easy. He has, I mean, D'Lo isn't anywhere near the shooter that Kevin Durant was, but he's still one of the best shooters in the NBA. That's a, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. What was he talking about? Well, Draymond. Draymond. And also his, uh, sorry, we got, we got off track. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, but like yeah, like um, I think the Warriors had to to actually do this move with Draymond because it shows loyalty. And after that, they mishandled the Kevin Durant situation. Um, I think they had to make a commitment to their cornerstone guys. Like, hey, look, you gave us three rings, so like we're gonna take care of you. And uh, that's a good look by the Golden State Warriors. It's it's, it's a good look. Absolutely, um, the core guys have been taken care of. Like everybody's on max deals now. They're looking towards the future. And, like, that team is locked up for, like, the next three, four years. And they got four All-Stars. They got, like, I mean, still still championship contenders. Um, you know, I obviously got the Rockets coming out the West. Everyone knows that. But, look, these, these guys impress me more and more. The more I think about the Golden State Warriors, the less excited I get about the Lakers. What? I just want to also state that I, I misspoke. They do have a, a Christmas game, and it's against the Houston Rockets. So they do have a, a, a Christmas game. Oh, we misspoke. Oh, snap. Yeah, good. Warriors and Rockets? Warriors and Rockets Christmas Day. Look Dilo forward going, to that. Dilo getting 50. His first 50-point game next year at Christmas. Let's Book get it. it. Book, Book it. it. But, yeah. But, th- but speaking of misspeaking, it's weird how David Griffin really got on the Wolves podcast the other day and really, like, oh, huh. yo, like, he yo. took – he took LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers to task. I got to tell you, in recent memory. Yo, I wanna, I'm want i going to let you say, I'm going to state this. <laughs> Scroll back a couple episodes and please listen to my <laughs> take on the whole David Griffin situation. I was stating that David Griffin was yes. elated yes. that he got out of that Cleveland situation and is able to become a GM. I felt like, you know what? I felt like he was, I feel like LeBron James, I feel like that's that hearsay narrative is not such a hearsay narrative. I think it is actual facts. And I think that LeBron James is 
micromanaging everything from what ball they use on the basketball court <laughs> to what uh, his teammates are to where his te- where he wants his teammates to be on the floor. I feel like my, he's the biggest micromanager in NBA history. Damn. That's what I feel That's like with LeBron James. And, I'm, and also, like, from a fan's perspective, it looks like there was a lot of turmoil in Cleveland during that 2016 season, which makes it even crazier what they did. It makes it even crazier. Like, it makes it even... Like near impossible, almost. Right. Because you think about it, man. They beat the greatest team ever. And David Griffin said he couldn't wait to leave. David Griffin said that yeah. wasn't enough. He said he said when they won a championship, he could not wait to leave that organization. And I'm just saying, man. You look at it. Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. That's outside of Cleveland. Let's uh, remember that. That's my next point. That was my next. That was your next point. <laughs> Demanded a trade out of there. I was just about to say, when you look at it, Kyrie Irving leaving, I think it's all to LeBron. I think at the end of the day, LeBron is he is a great player, but he saw that when he took his own destiny in his hands and went to Miami Heat, he never looked back, and he said, I'm going to control my whole career no matter what. No matter how I'm looked at in the media. My career is in my own hands, and I'm going to control my destiny at all costs, not just on the basketball court, but outside everything that you see, everything that you that he wants you to see, everything that happens is all controlled by by um LeBron. And I can't wait to see this this New Orleans <laughs> Laker rivalry, man. It's, it's going to be crazy. I'm telling you guys this right now. There's so many mirrors right now. So, like, let's get into it. Zion Williamson and LeBron James. Right. Zion Williamson, regardless of how you feel about him, has is being hyped up as LeBron's successor. Right. This is, uh, look. The next freak of nature. Ne- next freak, freak of nature. And I must say, David Griffin is handling that situation remarkably because he's not, um, he's, he's, he's tempering expectations or at least attempting to. Right around Zion Williamson, you know, just Drew Holiday's team. Blah, blah, blah. He's already he already succeeded on that front in my mind. I think he's already succeeded when because at the end of the day, I'm expecting this team to be a blanket to cover up Zion Williamson's deficiencies as a rookie. And I feel like they're doing a great job. They got favors this year. They also got uh, JJ Redick. They Man, got you got vets in there that's that like know what they're doing. They got the Laker, the Laker crew over there, who now by by not by design is actually by by this whole dumpster fire of a season the Lakers was having. <laughs> they ended up with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and and Hart. You know, at the end of the day, they with them doing all this back and forth, it actually works in Zion's favor with Lonzo Ball. Uh, a pass first point guard, a throwback, and also a guy who's savvy on the defensive end. And then you got Brandon Ingram, a lanky guy. This defense, I already spoke on the last podcast, I believe is going to be the, the second best defensive team in the West. And it looks sounds like a hot take now, but 
we're going to see this product on the floor, and I believe Alvin Gentry is going to have these guys on point. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans, I, I agree with everything you said. The New Orleans Pelicans, they're, they're, I'm not going to lie, they, they are the best team that's primed for the future of any of the young guys. And Lonzo and Zion, they seem like, they seem like they're going to like make a run at these Lakers. Zion has a chip on his shoulder. Ingram has a chip on his shoulder, you know, and, and actually shout out to Brandon Ingram coming back from that, uh, that oh, blood clot and, and, you know, and he's coming back to be able to play in NBA and live his dream out. That's, that's huge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like commendable. Good. Like I'm proud of you. Happy for you. You know, for me, Absolutely. get on the court and ball yeah. out, man. That's a near death experience. And yeah, like that's, you, you can't joke with that. Can I joke with that stuff? And I'm really happy to see him back on the court. But he's also very talented too. Absolutely. Lonzo Ball has the space in order to in, in the space, the coach, and opportunity to really take his game to the next level. Right. Now, what does that mean about the Lakers? The Lakers are you see, I feel like the the Lakers and the New Orleans Pelicans, they're polar opposites. Polar opposites, I agree. They're yin and yang. They're uh they're the right now versus the up and coming future, and I believe the right now and the future will meet, and you will see that the right now is a lot closer to to what you will call it to the future than you really think. Like I believe that the I believe obviously I believe the Lakers right now is set up better to win a championship, but I do think when it comes to regular season battles and and head to head matchups, I believe that. We're gonna have a lot of close games. We're gonna have a lot of uh, miss buzzer beaters by some, a certain player or buzzer beating heartbreakers. We're gonna have a lot of that, and this, this storybook is opening up, and it's sounding like it's gonna be one of the great um, matchups of the season. And it's one of the got one of the matchups I have circled on my calendar, and I can't wait to watch it. And it's gonna be great, man. I'm I'm looking forward to. That matchup in particular, I'm also looking forward to a couple Christmas games, and I'm also thinking about the Christmas games. There's certain teams missing off the off the man. off the marquee matchup. I'm like, who? Yeah, man. All I, right, so look, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Yeah, like the Clippers had the be- one of the best free agencies this season. I would say the best. So, like, like yeah. to be honest with you, the best. They got the guy, the the main event guy. They got him, they Kawhi got Leonard. Him. They got the the man. Like, the only one to rival that is the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm gonna state this, and NBA people who will do the scheduling and make make the matchups. Where are the Nets? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you yeah. guys are doing. And yeah, like I gotta agree with this. What and like this doing? is this is this is the New York this market. This is New York. This is Brooklyn. And 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 look, it's it's being undersold. What's happening in Brooklyn right now? Um, it is, it is different. Um, we've we've never had players of this caliber playing in this city, um, ever. Um. Back when the Knicks were good with Patrick Ewing, mind you, I think Patrick Ewing is obviously top fifty all time. One of he's I, th- I think he's actually underrated to be honest with you. 
absolutely is. He's absolutely is. He was an all-purpose NBA center, you know, right up there with Elijah Wan, right up there with the Admiral, right up there with Shaq, all those guys. You know what I'm saying? He, just a victim of circumstance. And again, look, look. Similar to Carmelo. Similar to Carmelo. Like, you know, the, the same organization <laughs> couldn't find a way to build around him. And, you know, like he was there every year. Every year, conference finals. Imagine was. him and Bar- Bernard King if Bernard King never got injured. They, that would have been a ring. At least one championship. But all that is here, neither here nor there. But this market, it, it expands well beyond just the masses. And like I believe yeah. when when you think about it, the Nets have so many global teams and global. Imagine Christmas Day, you know, the owner who's up in uh, the China in China, right? The owner Joseph Tsai, yes, yeah, Joseph Tsai. There's a, a a Nets game on Christmas Day and is getting broadcast in Asia. I mean, these are things that I believe that the scheduling guys are forgetting or. Or they're just they're, they're just a lot of I think a lot of media is there's like a smoke screen that is around the nets I believe and it's like it's kind of funny how they're just trying to just like brush all this stuff under the rug like they think that what the nets did last year was an anomaly and they think <laughs> that is not the fact that uh, that this team is poised and ready for situations what I've saw from the Brooklyn Nets last year was a team that understood that they were going to be in tough games and they understood how to win these tough games and how to be poised under pressure. A lot of these games, you had to beat the Nets. The Nets didn't beat themselves. Like a game in Los Angeles comes to mind when they were playing against the Clippers and Lou Williams hit that. Yeah, that cold three-point buzzer beater. Yeah, so far away. Yeah, like just. And like, like it needed, you needed games like that to beat the Nets. Or the, the the double overtime with the Hornets, these stuff like this is when you needed to beat the Nets. And I think about when it, when I think about the Nets, I think about this team. Now, just you take that and you added superstar players to that team, that can only make the team skyrocket. And they've gotten younger in their their role players. And also, I, this is my point: if you're not gonna have the Knicks on Christmas, which is a tradition in the NBA, like. Yeah, I put the Nets there. The the team with the marquee guys on it. Like, it just makes sense. This is just how it goes. You can't change certain things. Stop trying to do too much. Like, and nobody wants to see the Raptors on Christmas Day. I'm sorry. Like, nobody wants to see that game. I don't care about the Raptors. Like, who wants to see the Raptors? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, they won. Ha ha. Whatever. You know, Canada's lit. Blah blah. Good for that. Good for you. You know, keep that stuff over there. Um. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know if you can tell. I love the Raptors. I love them so much. They're there. They're, they're awesome. Awesome. Anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, man, you missed out, NBA. And right now, we're going to see the, the Nets take the, the, the NBA by storm. I think they're going to be a high one to four seed. And I believe that uh, I believe they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. And you heard it here first. Not just talking from a Nets fan perspective, but talking from an NBA basketball fan perspective. And these guys play good basketball. And Kenny Atkinson got these guys playing quality. They're playing quality, man. And right now, we'll see what's going on. I uh, Here's a hot take. What? Talk about it. I think that uh, people excuse the Lakers' uh, 
dysfunction because they got a shiny new toy in Anthony Davis. That's what I think is going on here. Mm. Like, they were in turmoil the weeks before they, they, they were forced into doing this trade. Absolute turmoil. I mean, it's not sugarcoated. It was, it was rough. It was rough. The whole Magic Johnson thing, the Magic Johnson literally taking the franchise to task on national television. Mm. Um, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. Quitting, quitting on national television. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, I just feel like the press that they get is really unwarranted. I understand they're the Lakers, but it's really a lot of, like, there's more negatives than positives. And, like, you know, despite them, you know, pulling in, you know, top three player in Anthony Davis or whatever, top five, whatever you want to call them, they're still not the front runners to win the championship. Like, the Braun signing was trying. They were tr- their, their goal again was to get Kawhi, LeBron, and AD on the same team, oh. and they came very, very close to doing that. But their own mismanagement ruined that situation. Kawhi Leonard said, "Oh, I didn't like how everything I said was saying the Magic was all playing all out in the press. That is the only reason why that didn't happen." I don't think that's the only. Yeah. Reason. Yes. Yep. I think. I think it's definitely one of the reasons. What I think with that situation also is that uh, I believe I don't. I, he hasn't stated this. This is all off of my thought process. I believe Kawhi Leonard has pleasure in being the one to stop LeBron. And when it's all said and done, <laughs> when his career is all all said and done, he wants to be the guy who is known as the person who constantly stopped LeBron from reaching his, his ultimate goal. He already stopped to block him from one ring. Just to let you know. I think he'll be that player. It's overstated, the Kawhi shut down LeBron myth in the finals. But Very much overstated. It is overstated. He didn't really shut him down. It, LeBron had his most efficient finals ever, 2014. It was overstated. But also, we're talking about perception. We're not talking about facts. When it's all said and done, perception is that he stopped LeBron. Because <laughs> so he won. Because he won. You can talk about numbers to your blue in the face. Look. He won finals in oh, he won finals MVP <laughs> for the simple fact that he was guarding LeBron. And yeah, maybe maybe he gave him a couple of turnovers. But I mean he, he did a great job guarding LeBron as much as you can be expected. To, to stop LeBron. LeBron. The yeah, like the best the, player in the, in the world. Top three player ever. Yeah. Of all time. Right. So, like, you know, yeah, I guess, yeah. Like I'm saying, perception. So, if he stops him in the Western Conference Finals from reaching his ultimate goal as his hourglass sand falls right out of the glass as his career dwindles in the last couple years of his career. <laughs> dwindles. You know, man, uh, it's still time. <laughs> I know. Nothing dwindling about LeBron. He's I know. Like, Yo, like LeBron can live realistically be LeBron too. He's like 38, 39. Until he's 40. Until he's 40. Like, I mean, this is not, I don't this really see anything. made in a petri dish. Yeah, but, I don't know. But what, I, what was saying that the Lakers' timetable is now. Now. If a claw blocks that timetable, then that adds to Kawhi Leonard's legacy. And Uncle Dennis. You a genius, man. You <laughs> they, a genius. They finessed the Lakers, though. The Lakers really thought for weeks they had this in the bag. They even had Chris Bashard going, <clears throat> well, according to my sources, I I, I have it to, to my NBA sources that the Los Angeles Lakers 
are in the lead for LeBron James. Le uh, uh, I mean, excuse me, excuse me, Ka Kawhi Leonard, excuse me. And and I have you know that the Clippers are no longer in consideration. It is the Toronto Raptors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Eighty-five percent. Right. And LeBron Sorry. is going to Chicago. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> LeBron James is going to Chicago. Great coverage, Chris Rashard. Appreciate it. Appreciate your heads up. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, man, this thing is is going to be great when it comes to this rivalry with the Clippers. And with that Kawhi Leonard move, watch. The Kawhi Leonard move, what it did was it allowed the Lakers to sign role players, not quite the top role players, but the B, C, D side Bro, role players. Bro, role players who, who know what's up. Like vets who, like, don't care about – like like Jared Dudley, he like he he went over there. He's already made his money. Right. He said he went over there to win a ring, and like vets like that, like I understand he looks like a substitute teacher, but, <laughs> but look, Jared Dudley was an integral part of what the Nets did last year, and you know like I I see the value that he has. He's probably going to be a a future general manager. But general manager, team president, something, since the coach, something, something. He has but, a job. He has a job. As soon as he says, "I'm not doing this basketball thing full time anymore," he has a job somewhere. He knows exactly what needs to happen. He knows how a, a winning team looks like. He knows what a winning team feels like, and he knows how to galvanize. And he knows players. how to galvanize players. Like he, that, so you know, I. But then again, the LeBron factor, because again, this whole David Griffin thing. When the look, this is alarming to me. Because yes, he ends up winning rings, but it's like at what cost? If if this joy, the game becomes joyless, um, Magic Johnson had this quote I I uh, saw on Reddit earlier today. It was a very interesting quote. He said he said Pat Riley told us that like we want to appreciate or even enjoy what we're doing now until we're retired, and you know, I I feel like that that applies to people like like LeBron too, because this winning thing just sounds like it's so stressful, and he puts so much pressure on the people around him that a lot of people, quite honestly, don't don't want to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I, I commend J.R. Smith and and Shumpert and, and Channing Fry and R.J. and all, and like all these other people, Corver, Corver, like you know who who toughed that out and really you know. Yeah, man. I also commend James Jones, man. You were, you sat on that bench and you you took the the Gatorade abuse. You took all that, and you know what I mean, James Jones. You know, the Gatorade abuse. Yo, where's my Gatorade? It's coming, LeBron. It's coming. I promise. The greatest fifteen man ever. But yo, no shout out James Jones. I'm telling y'all, watch out for the Phoenix Suns. That man know what he's doing. He's not a dummy. Definitely not a dummy. <laughs> wow. he's an NBA, watch out. He knows he's what he's an doing. NBA champion. Get it right. NBA champion three times. Three-time NBA champion. He helped beat the best team in NBA history. Just to let you guys know, James Jones did that. And to clarify uh, Madge's comment even more, he says he was talking about the joys of, of playing with a great player and, and, and like how it is when you don't win a championship. Because, look, Let's understand. LeBron missed the playoffs. It wasn't like he lost. He missed the play. It's like this is like the, the fact that we just skim over. Right. He missed the playoffs. 
The playoffs did not have LeBron James. The Lakers. No. <laughs> he was watching with the rest of us. He was enjoying Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> nah, he deserved a top. Yo, listen, listen. He did not make the playoffs, but we cannot state, we can't understate how many times he's been in the finals by himself going to the finals. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. His body needed this break. Do you think it's a coincidence? That his first year in the Western Conference, he missed the playoffs? Not at all. Nope. Not at all. I do not think so. Not at I, all. I thought LeBron really thought he was... He, I, I, mind you, with respect, early on in the season, they were the, the number four seed. And the team was decimated by injuries and, and, and a whole bunch of stuff. They were a groin injury away from maintaining their spot. But there's no let-up in the Western Conference. There's no let-up at all. Every game is a must-win. And when you're in the Western Conference, everything is accelerated to a faster pace. Everything is is now, now, now. It's it's playoff intensity type of games for the most part. And I feel like it's only the bar has only risen as far as what this free agency has done so far. And make no mistake, man, LeBron James is not going to have no cakewalk to no playoff spot. If they don't make the top two, three seed, I'm not going to be the one to state that, oh, they're underperforming, they're underperforming. Because I believe LeBron James is the type of player, when playoff come, playoff LeBron is a different type of guy. And I don't really think that seeding really matters with the Lakers. But I believe the media will have... Their flashlights on every situation, being Inspector Gadget on anything that the Lakers do, and yeah, I'm just like I just feel like yo, listen, the Western Conference is no joke. Make no mistake, no joke. If anybody, any of the the top players on these teams get injured, that can affect their seating for the whole playoffs. That can be the difference between home court advantage. And no court advantage because you might not even make the playoffs. Yo, and it's very, very important. Look, it's very important to understand this about LeBron. So, David Griffin went on a podcast and questioned LeBron James' will to win. Mm. That to me was the most. Wow. I've never. Yeah, I heard. I, like, I heard, that I heard people question his, oh, were these good to get along with or. You know, like I, I hear, they said it, he questioned his hunger for, for his hunger. Like, so that's suggesting that he went to LA for the optics, but he's not really invested on winning a championship. But you got to understand, like, everything the Lakers are about is winning championships. They like, and look, I, I give them that respect, you know, because you know, Laker fans can be extremely annoying, but the expectation they have is to win the championship at least once a decade. They're never the happy to be here, guys. They're, they're not happy to be here. That's the, the whole identity of that franchise has never been happy to be here. Like you, you, If you're a great player and you go to the Lakers, you're expected to win, period. And when you don't win, it is looked at as a... A detriment to your career. Like a, a gap. Detriment to your career. It's like, yo, what, what are you doing here? And I'm starting to see... Because when LeBron first got to the Lakers, this, 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 the criticism that Lakers fans had about him, He's not Kobe. He doesn't want to win like Kobe. Kobe Kobe was not comfortable losing. He, and everyone around him, he made sure everyone around him wasn't comfortable when he lost. 
He put pressure on that franchise. They almost did you know there was a deal that the Lakers tried to trade Kobe Bryant for LeBron James? Did you know that? I didn't know that. And when did, Cap, when did this occur? This is um this I don't know the exact year, but the Cavaliers declined the trade. Um, Kobe Bryant demanded a trade to the Chicago Bulls too. That's documented as well. Oh, I know. I'm aware of that one. He Kobe he wanted Jason Kidd, and he was completely furious that the Dallas Mavericks got Jason Kidd. And he's like, "Yo, I don't like this. Yo, get rid of this Bynum kid." <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. Do what you got to do. But th- that ended up Bynum ended up pulling his end of the bar. Yeah, and yeah, then like so got two rings out of it. Two yeah. rings with the with the twin towers over there with Pagasol and. Andrew Bynum. And Lamar Odom is man, hello. But yeah, you said that they were gonna trade LeBron. For yeah, Kobe? yeah, that's yeah. Crazy, this is man. now look. This is again. This is something that's unsubstantiated. I read on on Reddit. Okay. But generally, though, these things, because you know, no, they normally pan out. They yeah, pan out. Yeah, normally pan out. But yeah, but like that's again, Laker fans, and I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. I understand the will to win is is unmatched. Jordan asked. Will to win. He he's not interested in two. He's not interested in looking good. Oh, little, little fun fact. Um, if you guys didn't get get the update or you didn't see the clip, um, Kobe Bryant was getting interviewed by a lady, and the lady stayed, was talking to Kobe Bryant, and she stayed asked him, "Yo, so you scored sixty three points when you were eight? Kobe Bryant scored sixty three points when he was eight, bro." Who does that? Kobe Bryant scored sixty-three points when he was eight, and his and his and his whole thought process was well further than any like eight-year-old was thinking. He said that he knew that they couldn't dribble with their left, so he would jump their right hand, and as soon as they brought the ball to their left, he'll pick their pocket. That's terrible. And then he would just get open layups for the for the whole game. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I was the lady was like looking at him like he was crazy, and he he was kind of shocked too. Like he just realized that he scored sixty three points when he was eight. Like he had this like weird look on his face. Yeah, I was eight. I was eight. That's crazy. <laughs> Kobe's a legend, bro, man. Kobe does not get enough credit Yo. for what he has done to the oh game. Oh my gosh! Everybody's in 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 LeBron love haze, and they forgot what this man has done. <sighs> The best difficult shot maker in the NBA ever. Like, he took shots that had no business going in. Yeah, so, you know how it is. Now, Kobe, listen, Mamba mentality. And, like, any player that has that, I respect. You already know that. But LeBron, man, I'm interested to see how this this uh, season, goes, season yeah. goes. Why I got to be something top? I hate this. <laughs> Y'all should get no breaks. Y'all make $100 million every four years. Y'all should, y'all should, y'all should be playing the whole year. Y'all here. I don't want to hear this. All right, man. So, yo, looking forward to this NBA season. I've been Saints. This is your boy, Bass. And we out. Always take them ankles. Always. <laughs>